We're out. Want to bet I can get to the store and back before halftime? You're on. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die. And finally, hola. There we go. And welcome hola. to another episode of Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC podcast for TFC fans that is in full World Cup mode. I'm your co-host, Mike Newell, and this week we're talking Canada's 4-1 loss to Croatia, a heartbreaker, but a historic one at the same time. Uh, we pick our surprise teams of the World Cup so far, uh, and we do a little TFC corner and ask, would you prefer to focus on younger signings or get the vets in and try to go for a cup run? Um, it's a jam-packed show today. Um, got my uh, co-host beside me, as always, Jeffrey P. Nesker, and a special guest, overall boss lady, and the Bayern and Alfonso Davies official stand. Rachel Dory's with us. Hey, hey, Rich, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? I, I literally watch every week, so I'm like super pumped to be back. Yeah, of course. We got to get you <laughs> back. We're super pumped to have you back. Yeah, of course. One of our favorite guests ever. Friend of the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but you didn't answer the question. How how you doing today? Yesterday was uh, was was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, the Germans, uh, have caused my heart rate to be at rates that it not be at. Um, and then, like, I'm pretty sure my heart rate spiked when Davies scored. Um, mm-hmm. because for me, like, it's not a secret that there's some German there, but when you, when you ignite a nation like that 67 seconds in, um, pretty, pretty good stuff. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot going on uh in my life personally yeah. the past 24 hours yeah. um so i honestly i'm just so happy to be able to take an hour and uh talk footy with you guys yeah absolutely well, and uh, we're excited to have you on board um just a couple of really quick um housekeeping reminders um and then we'll get into some banter um we're on a new podcast feed starting this week. Uh, so you can search Toronto till I die, wherever you get your pods. Also hit the link there as uh, Jeff Oops. has put up there, which I love. Um, and then we also got a YouTube channel as well, a new YouTube channel. So you can see the link there. We'll put that in the chat as well. And we'll start pumping that out a little bit more. So it's easier for you to find. Um, but you can also search Toronto till I die on uh, each of those platforms and find our new uh, links. Hit subscribe like hit bells for notifications i feel like a youtuber now saying all that kind of stuff but uh it will definitely make it a lot easier to find our show so i appreciate it jeff um how you doing we were talking pre-show you kind of wish you could just go back to premier league and arsenal days um but we're, we're in full world cup mode now aren't we yeah we are we are uh i mean in 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 
in more ways than one. We're in World Cup, World Cup mode now because Canada doesn't have anything to do with it. Although there is a game on Thursday that I am giving very, very short shrift when I'm probably going to give it a much higher points rating later in the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I mean, in between... Uh, and I'm not looking forward to tomorrow where suddenly I got to choose which game I want to watch instead of just planting myself in front of the couch like a like a lobster for for eight hours uh, upon with unending. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. You know, it's uh, it took a lot out of us. I, I, I think we're going to circle this point uh, over and over and over again uh, as we talk about this. But, you know, this is what we expected and in our heart of hearts. This is. This, this is what we hope for, you know, like you were saying before the show, we had three goals, score a goal. Well, that's done. 67 seconds in. Uh, we had another one, which is to, you know, show that we belong on the world stage. And I, I think that's arguably been done as well. And then the third one is to get a result, which brings us to this uh, supposed dead rubber Morocco game, which I think is not nearly as dead rubber as people would like to make it. Um, but yeah, you know, it, this is... I have a lot of English friends and, uh, you know, as soon as, as soon as the Canada game ended and, uh, you know, I was sharing tweets with like the proud to be here, you know, we'll, we'll get it back in four years, et cetera, et cetera. And my English friends were like, welcome to the club, man. So, you know, it, it is, <laughs> it's kind of it nice to be in the club. Football. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, is. It is. I mean, uh, I wish we just weren't in the second to go out after the host nation with the quickest record to go out in the history of this competition. Uh, going out you know it, it's tough it's tough it's less than 24 hours my emotions have gone everywhere that first 20 minutes uh was pure euphoria you know following Fonzie's goal score where it felt like maybe we we were going to do the thing and then just the crushing realization that yeah we're we're simply we weren't going to do it on on the day we weren't there uh I'm I'm hazard to start making the wild armchair proclamations that are replete around the internet, such as, you know, the talent gap, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, on the day, it wasn't there. Um, and, and, you know, that's about as far as I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go before I become a giant hypocrite and go way further over the next <laughs> No, after. fair but, enough. I mean, look, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us are, are kind of in a weird position with the World Cup. Like, for me personally, before we start talking about the game uh, yesterday, mm. like, I really hate the fact that, you know, the, this World Cup is so damn problematic um, in terms of just, we've talked about it on the show, so we don't have to go ad nauseum about it. A lot of people mm -hmm. have talked about it, so we don't have to go ad nauseum, but it takes away from the luster of what's actually been a pretty intriguing World Cup on the pitch. I tweeted this earlier in the day. Like the games today, you know, I, I know Port the, the Portugal-Uruguay game just ended and and that was a mm -hmm, bit like, of, I won't call it dead rubber, but it was like pretty, <laughs> it's pretty in the bag. But like the other games today were fantastic. We're just amazing football spectacles to watch. And mm -hmm. as, a, as a fan of the game, I loved watching those games, but then in the back of my mind, I also got this other crap that's going on, right? And like, it, it just sort of takes a little bit of the luster off that, and, and that kind of sucks. And then we have to roll into talking about Canada and talking about a four-one uh, defeat to Croatia. Mm -hmm. And and I guess I'll before we get into the nitpicky, you know, stuff about what happened after the goal. Let's talk a little bit about the goal itself because it is historic, well, right? Can, it I, is can I just interject? Because yeah, I because I feel I, I feel I'd be remiss if I didn't counter your argument. There is, you know, it is what it is, but 
you know, you look at what's going on, Tyler Adams answering that kind of, uh, you know, a question yeah. that was yeah. that was from out of. But I mean, it's getting people talking. And as much as it's uncomfortable situations, we at least have to grant that this World Cup is doing that. You know what I mean? When does a pitch invader have as much geopolitical significance as the guy with the rainbow flag that ran on the field today? You know what I mean? For better or worse, it's getting people talking about uncomfortable stuff. It may end up with the tribal, you know, tribes just, just you know, hitching their wagons together and, and believing their own BS even stronger. But at the very least, you know, this BS World Cup in this BS situation at the very least, is opening some weirdo floodgates towards potentially making the world a better place or some deeper understanding. I know that sounds absolutely insane, but like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So at the very least, I, I have to bring that up because one of the things that I've been most impressed about, um, if I can even use that word, because, you know, this World Cup is chaos, uh, has been that that, you know, it has sort of created a symposium where people are talking about some of the bigger issues. Um, yeah. And let me just ask Rach, just in, mm-hmm. before we, uh, again, I, I know we will get into to Canada for one pro I promise, but like, yeah, do we have to, can we talk that. about anything? Yeah, <laughs> I know, but we, we do have to talk about it, but um, just really quickly on that point, Rach, like from your point of view, what have you sort of been sort of seeing in this world cup and what have you kind of been, uh, or, or what sort of has struck you um, about it so far? Yeah, I think all three of us are going to be in agreement here that FIFA backing down was not the best look, uh, to say the least. Um, and to me, the way I look at it, and obviously being in the position that I'm in right now, um, sometimes you just have to have the courage to stand up and say, this is not right. And mm-hmm. I thought that the moment of the World Cup for me for that was the Iranian national team refusing to sing their anthem. To me, mm-hmm. um, I don't profess to know everything that is going on in Iran. Um, no, I do my best yeah. to um, look into it and to, and to find balanced journalism um, surrounding it so that you can actually get some semblance of, of facts. Um, but for me, that was huge. And huge um for them to do that and to put themselves in a position that is potentially extremely dangerous um i thought that that actually took some courage and when you look at that and then you compare it to a guy not wanting to wear a rainbow colored armband because he might get a yellow card like if we're weighing the courage factor there Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's not even close and so for me uh like you said mike and jeff this world cup i First of all, uh, we're in the middle of November. Shouldn't be happening. Yep. No, I know. Like, I don't. Nope. This World Cup, the games, the intrigue, like you said, have been fantastic. But I would much rather prefer a World Cup where I have Kareem Benzema and Paul Pogba and 100%. and Neymar and, and, and. And I'd also prefer a World Cup going on where you're allowed to wear a T-shirt with a rainbow on it and not potentially be kicked out. Mm-hmm. And so for sure. me, I just, I think that, Jeff's point about uh, it gets us talking about it is very important because a lot of times people are like, oh, it's we're just going to focus on the sports. And I don't think you can do that anymore. No, no. I mean, I I, I take such issue with that sport is a proxy for war. You can't you cannot extricate one from the other ever in any context. Yeah. 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 
exactly, exactly. I mean, the the language is the same. Like it, it's just, you know, Carlin made a career about this, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. But yeah, no, it's just insane to me. And and as you know, uh, not to get into the Grant Wall uh, 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 thing too too desperately with the with the rainbow shirt, but yeah, it, I mean. It, I lost my point. Let me try and find it again. But like what you were saying, Rach, about the Iranian national team and real courage versus, you know, oh, I'm going to get a yellow card, et cetera, et cetera. In a lot of ways, this World Cup, the way it's being digested by the international community is almost the complete opposite of what the the impetus for doing it was. Like it would yeah. just call it sport washing, call it whatever you want. But they're not, you know, nobody ever gets their money's worth hosting a world cup but that's 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 standard practice right there are stadiums in the in the rainforest of brazil that would like a word you know <laughs> um, and so like a word. yeah 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 and then and so qatar is is fine you know they after around and now they're finding out right you never get what you want with this thing you spend billions of dollars you think you're going to control the narrative and there's absolutely no way that's ever going to happen so once again you know despite the despite the money spent despite the the media blackouts despite all of the faff, what's actually happening is, you know, to quote one of the other Jeffs in the world, life finds a way. And, and you know, the, the, this World Cup is finding its way in our current social climate, despite almost being kneecapped by the powers that be, which I think can't help but be reassuring. Yeah. Know, how it, it's, the permutations are happening. Yeah, it's interesting because um, you speak about Grant Wall and, and Grant actually mm. posted earlier today um, his thoughts on sort of the the armband and mm -hmm. um, a little bit about that. And look, it, the armband was a fairly lukewarm gesture to begin with. It wasn't exactly, yeah. you know, you weren't exactly making the biggest statement in the world by wearing this sort of kind of one love armband, right? But then but like, the I fact would say, Mike, have you seen... Uh, some of the players that have rainbow on their cleats, because I have. Yes, mm -hmm. I have too. Maybe yes. I maybe I just watch. I know a lot of people. I pointed that out to a few people, and like I haven't seen that. Like, okay, maybe I just watched like a lunatic. No, it's there. But like, mm -hmm. I no, noticed, no, I saw it. It's I've there. noticed like five or six German players. Leon Goretzka has been outspoken. He was outspoken against Hungary. He's wearing rainbow cleats. Like, yep, he just yep. really is like I don't care. Um, mm -hmm. But I think. That is, I mean, first of all, FIFA preventing them. What did we expect? But yeah. yeah, like you said, the armband, even the shoes, like it's it's a lukewarm gesture for this kind of behavior. Yeah, and I think yep. it, it points to the fact that FIFA are not really in very much control of this tournament, right? Like the and the, don't have a clue about public, no, the royal about family public is perception, in control. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that that speaks a lot to where FIFA is right now and who they got into bed with. Right. And, and mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it's it's just telling right now that um, I think this might oddly enough be kind of the come to Jesus moment for the, for FIFA. Right. Like this whole idea that you it have might. this billion dollar <laughs> tournament. Yeah. that you don't have control of anymore you have lost control of your own tournament and, and you might get sued by budweiser exactly yeah. right and, yeah. and, and i think and i think this might be that oddly enough despite all of the the negative stuff that has come around this world cup that might actually end up being a positive and that's a weird thing but Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to drag on too long on it because, again, like it, we could spend a whole show just talking about this, and maybe we will do that in the future. Yeah, I, I do. I think it's important, and and I have more. I mean, 
you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see what shakes out, but yeah, I, I, it's been an interesting tournament and, and, and for a lot of reasons that aren't part of the football and now yeah, exactly. to the football, exactly to <laughs> the football to talk itself. About the other thing Jeff doesn't want to talk about. With <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's start it's off. Great. Let's start off on the good note though, Jeff, right? Like what we were, mm. we were going to get into is, is sort of the idea of the first goal. And, mm. you know, I, I can, yeah. I can kind of give you my point of view on it. Cause I was in a bar in Burlington and Go. it to me, it came out of nowhere. Like not not that it came out of nowhere, but you know what I mean. Like it it felt initially as an innocuous cross from Tejon Buchanan, but actually it's a beautiful, beautiful ball in. And then the determination of Alfonso Davies to chase it down, and and the fact that oh God, I'm sorry, the right back had absolutely no idea he was coming. Yeah, he was uh, asleep. Right he was asleep. Soldier, was yeah. asleep, and it was just a brilliant mm-hmm. header. And that moment. More than the tactical, we'll get into sort of tactical stuff in a second, but the overriding joy that was in that room amongst people who were football people, people who clearly had probably, this was probably the first football match they ever watched and maybe the second one they ever watched in their life. And the first one was like five days earlier. Uh, you know, the the unbridled joy that that caused, the realization of what it really meant, I think was incredible to see the explosion in the room was incredible. I'm in a bar that's probably mainly a football and hockey bar. And there were beer showers everywhere. Like it was incredible. It was an amazing moment. And I just wonder what you guys were feeling in that time. Rachel, I'll start with you. Just where were you? What were you, what were your overriding emotions as that goal went in? Yeah. So I was here uh, with my boyfriend, we were watching and then he was staying cause he's never uh, seen me watched the germans play before and i was like this is an experience you probably want to <laughs> yeah. before Buckle deciding up. any type of long-term <laughs> thing um, <laughs> and like anybody who knows who i'm dating like this is this should not be news um but like i'm actually so um i have a really bad knee right now to the point where like i can't walk so i'm sitting there on the couch first of all like trying to mentally prepare myself for the game afterwards but also like I have friends who are playing on that pitch. And so mm-hmm. for me, I'm watching that. And like more than anything, I just wanted my friends to succeed. Like that's all that I wanted there. And so I'm on the couch and I see the takeaway. I think it was Alistair Johnston that mm-hmm. had that, that excellent tackle. And then the ball goes up to Tejon and Michael Singh and I were talking about this. We both thought that this was going to be the, the tournament that Tejon Buchanan got found out by a lot of uh, people who didn't necessarily know who he was. Mm-hmm. And the ball went to Tejon, and I was like, he is either going to cut in on the left, like with his left foot, or there's a cross going into the box. And then I saw Davies making the run, and I was like, oh, this could be something, because you saw all the defenders going towards Kyle Laren. Yep. And, and so for me, with my soccer brain, I was like, this might actually be a thing. And so I'm sitting there, and then the the cross goes in, and it's perfect. And I just I couldn't believe that he actually scored. And so like I went to to jump up and celebrate. And credit to my boyfriend, he like held my leg down so that I couldn't. <laughs> and so I'm like sitting there like fist pumping on the couch, and they that mm. shot of Tejon, and then they show Richie Larea, and like immediately I'm like, okay, cool, gonna cry now because. I see yeah. how happy Richie is. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. going to be in a puddle on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. and so for me, just seeing that moment and, and what it 
men and when they pan to the shot of the families and i'm like there's oso's family there's elijah like there's like there's so Mm -hmm. many people like to me that was it it was just like wow like these are these are people that i know and like this is the biggest moment in canadian living their dreams yeah yeah it's absolutely not the biggest moment in canadian soccer but it's the biggest moment in canadian men's soccer yes by by a wide margin yeah 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeffy, what are you, where were you? I mean, it's already common knowledge that when a soccer game that a team I support is on, I'm going to annoy all of my neighbors. It's uh, <laughs> it's bandied about in the hallways. You know, oh, it must have been a soccer game because I heard Jeff screaming expletives at the top of his lungs, <laughs> you know, through through the through the hallway sort of thing. Um, so I don't think it was a surprise to my neighbors. I think maybe they knew that Canada was playing simply because they had to put their earmuffs on or whatever the case may be. But uh, the interesting thing is, is that I had no one to stop me from jumping up and down and I stubbed my toe pretty bad on my dining room table. So, <laughs> well, so we gotta be careful. Uh, maybe, like, maybe I can hire, hire your boyfriend as a, as a, as an assistant. Fonzo so Davies caused massive me. injuries across Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I'll tell you as soon as it went in, obviously, you know, dreamland and for the next 20 minutes, dreamland but as croatia started to come into the game uh a prevailing sense of dread and this is even before the equalizer because i was like you know i'll never say that my soccer iq is among the upper percentile but i was like was our entire game plan just to hit them really really early you know with with athleticism and speed and catch them sleeping because if so why are we taking our foot off the gas you know they're starting. They're starting to run midfield, and this is exactly what I didn't want to see. Yeah, that's um, what it felt like. I, I wanted more kamikaze runs. Yeah, it felt like similar to the Belgium game. So in the Belgium game, I all three of us have watched enough footy to know uh, mm-hmm. kind of how the flow of the game is. I really felt that if Canada would have scored one in the first mm-hmm. half, there that you have a chance totally to actually game. to beat them. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Totally different game. Hundred percent. I was mm-hmm. like we uh, like the first goal is good but when when the canadians were pressing to get the second mm-hmm. one in the same way i had this overwhelming sense of dread when germany played japan when nabry missed when mm-hmm. we had that like when when we did not score a second goal i just kind of said to myself i'm like i know where this is going yeah like, yeah exactly because it was only going to be a matter of time before the best mm-hmm. midfield in the world was like you know what we're done. We're just going to take care of yeah. it. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you exactly. have a cushion, and one goal was not going to be Not good. enough. Yeah. No, and, 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 and to two, Jeff, yeah. your point, sorry, really quickly, just mm-hmm. I didn't feel so much that Canada didn't have a solid game plan or had stepped off the gas more than Croatia just kind of took over the game a little bit, and their quality shone through. Right. Like mm-hmm. we'll get uh, and, and I might as well bring it up right now. Tactically, I think John Herbin got some things wrong in this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's 100%. a surprise to anybody. But I also think that sometimes you do need to throw up your hands and say, like, look, we just got outclassed by a team that was in a World Cup final in 2018. And I think a lot of Canadian national teams fans, men's national teams fan kind of underestimated. Yes, they're four years older. Yes, they might be a little bit slower than they were. 
but the 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 tempo at which they play at in terms of decision making what they're going to do with the ball secondary runs in, from the midfield yep. when you get a ball to Brozovic and then all of a sudden there's another runner it's into Modric and Bozovic is making the run like those kind of things Canada's not at that level yet to think that quickly so and Mike and, like one of the things that I saw was hmm. somebody compared when you were talking about they're four years older the Atiba decision was the one where yeah I sort of questioned it because I look at it and I say don't get me wrong like I love Atiba, and mm-hmm. I'm so happy he got to play in a World Cup. But I saw people saying, well, if Luka Modric can play, then so can Atiba. And let's just, like, be realistic for a second. Atiba Hutchinson's a great footballer. He is not Luka Modric. No, and like, you this also got to... Go, also... This is a completely different... And, and Luka's, you know, you're Luka's about playing Atiba regular starting minutes with... Yeah. A couple of games, like... Exactly. The last... Exactly. Months, right? Six months. He's Even if all things were cold. equal, he's 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 cold. Whereas yeah. Modric, you know. And I yeah, thought yeah. it was almost. I thought it was unfair uh, to leave Atiba in there because you could tell he was giving it his all. And when once Estacio got hurt, I mean, we were going to have issues if Stefan Estacio was healthy. But if once Stefan Estacio went down, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a big problem because yep. you're gonna yeah. have to bring in Jonathan Osorio and now Atiba's got to stay on and mm-hmm. you just don't have like, I don't care who you are at 41 years old like you're not gonna have the pace to keep up with a midfield that has that kind of class and so I think yeah it was a bit of a tactical error on Herdman to not bring out Atiba I think at that point you have to say Atiba you need to come out this is what's best for the, the squad mm-hmm. um, but at the at the same time can any of the three of us really sit here and say that whoever Canada brought in was going to be able to neutralize no. Modric, Kovacic, Brozovic? No. And no, that's... but I mean, say say they bring in Liam Fraser. At the very least, you've got a guy, you know, they may get we may get spanked seven one, but he's going to try that Jonathan David overhead pass. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He'll have maybe a quicker release. It's a tactical wrinkle. Yeah, you're talking I about the best to have midfield. Seen Fraser come in. Well, you're, I, I mean, would I would have liked to have seen just about anything else than leaving <laughs> Tiba Hutchinson on, right? Like it, it's like we talk about our depth, but when push comes to shove, it's like teams or no one. Well, where's that depth we were talking about? You know what I mean? It, it suddenly became a zero sum game. So the, mm. Tell me what, what you think about this, Mike. But like, I think that the physicality that Liam Fraser would have brought to a game like that may have thrown that midfield off a little bit because there is they play in La Liga and the EPL like that kind of the Liam Fraser physicality is not physicality that they're used to dealing with exactly exactly oh I'm, I'm, I'm sure the physicality what about yeah, Sam Piet? Piet. yeah absolutely yeah. the physicality is there but I'm I'm I am going to kind of disagree with you both in a sense that I'm not sure you could bring anybody in that was going to be able to yeah. really stay stymie the flow there. I, no, once, none once, of us are disagreeing with you. It's just no, why fair. did it become teams or nothing? I, I mean, he's dying I, out there. I, I think. Yeah. I think you know. Look, I, I think there's one thing about John Herman that we've known, we've talked about before, is he is loyal. He's loyal to his guys, and he will give guys opportunities. I think the change needed to happen at halftime. One hundred percent. Give him his hundredth cap. One hundred percent. Let him get it. Cap, right? At a by World halftime, Cup you're game, like, yeah. okay, thank yeah. you. But We're it's gonna have to do something a little bit different. Not out of reach. 
No, yeah, exactly. Two one, two one yeah. the game's not out of reach. If you bring in an Ishmael Kone, who actually was really good oh, he uh, was while he was great. in. Uh, and mm. I think if you if you bring in an additional midfielder, maybe go to a to a back four. D- does the result change? Do you end up winning the game? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I think what Just you end up getting is yeah. a bit. You're a little bit more solid, right, through the middle because mm. the midfield was getting overrun at a, at a certain absolutely point. destroyed. And mm-hmm. and I think that's where John Herdman. I think this is a. They've talked about it all on punditry shows since the game ended. It's a learning experience. It's an opportunity for the team to grow, not just for the players, but I think for John Herman, if his intention is to continue to coach this team going to 2026. Now, of course, I know Rage, you, you want to start another coach in there. But, but I, I'm not opening you really that. I'm not just had John to throw Herman. that out there, didn't you? <laughs> I did have to throw that out there. But at the same time, I'm not calling for John Herman's head. I don't think anybody oh, no. is at this point. I think no, there's a lot of people here. calling for John Herdman's head. Actually, really? so, I think that's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little I think that's oh a little my excessive. god! Yeah, yeah it's Very crazy excessive. Yeah. However, yeah, yeah. that said, I think there's an opportunity for him to learn and develop, and I think the next steps for this team, and I think we'll talk about this in the next show, is just in terms of where Canada goes next after this World Cup and how do you improve. I think this is an opportunity for John to look at the fact that hey there is a time where you need to make a substitution and you may not have to be so quote unquote loyal to guys in a moment where, you know, it's not working for you. He's already shown that he's starting to do that. Mark Anthony K show- hasn't played a minute yet. Right. And Mark mm. Anthony K almost played all, was pretty much the go-to midfielder for the majority of qualification. Now he can't mm-hmm. see a minute because his form has not been great lately. So here's a so, question for you. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't think any of us, think John Herdman should lose his job based no. on the work he's done. No, absolutely not. However, if Carlo Ancelotti rocks up at the Canada soccer headquarters and says, I w- and says, I would like to coach your national team, how do you say no? Like, I don't mm. think you can. You can. Good problems to have. But so I, would, I would retain Herdman within Canada soccer no matter what. And I would actually have him as somebody who is in charge of overseeing like the culture and the development of so by nick bontis hello players. hello john herdman basically yeah 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 give him give him the presidency that's that that's because i think john mm. is super important to not just the men's program but he was very important to the women's program he's a folk hero yeah when you removed john from the women's program obviously the women still had success but i think that you kind of took him away and you saw the reaction from the players I don't think that was necessarily fair. And so I think if you can have a situation where you can bring in uh, a multi-Champions League winner to coach mm-hmm. your home World Cup and also retain the guy that was in charge of changing the entire culture of Canada soccer, I think that could be really positive. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of the same thing you found with Bob Bradley at TFC, right? Like, you don't bring a guy with that kind of stature and all he is end up doing is just being the coach like Carlo Ancelotti is going to want to put, I mean, I know he does that at Real Madrid right now, right at Madrid, Mm -hmm. essentially he's the coach, but if he's coming to Canada soccer, you better believe he's going to want to put his fingers on a lot of different things. Um, And (laughs) yeah, of course, like my, my point is yes, of course you're not getting rid of John Herdman right now. Right. That's not the point. I think the point of my point, I think it's the same point you're all making is that this was a moment for him to, as a coach in these big moments, learn. And I think the next steps are, you know, when you get into nation's league, 
when, or more importantly, when you get into something like a gold cup, which I think is a next step for this team to go in, not just compete in it, but go and be the favorites to win it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is where you kind of draw on that experience to then get you to that next level to win something. So now you know what it's like to be in that moment and go from there. Jeffy, go ahead. Uh, just to agree with Albert, I think coaching a national team in many respects is way harder than coaching a club side. Uh, yes, you don't see, get the players absolutely. all the time <laughs> and you can't, you don't get the, you can't recruit the players you want unless they all happen to have the same passport. Um, you don't see them as often. You're sharing their training regimen with their club side. You are constantly in dialogues with their club teams, especially for your elite players about when you can get them and what's injured in that, in that sort of thing. Um, in terms, listen, we celebrate Pep as one of the great football minds of our generation, right? He's never coached a national team that may be on purpose because he wants to preserve his reputation as a miracle worker. And the other thing is, is that Pep has one huge knock against him, which is occasionally he gets in his own way. He galaxy brains things. I think the same thing can be said about Herman Herdman in this instance, you know, and the thing that fills me with confidence is that you can say many things about John Herdman, but he tends to learn from his mistakes Agreed. in a really profound way. You yeah. won't catch him making the same mistake twice. He'll make mistakes, which you accept because we're humans and perfection is an illusion. But generally speaking, he does not make the same mistakes twice. There's a lot not to like about what happened yesterday. A certain yes. stubbornness, bad substitutions. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about tabloid gate, but let's save that for a second. Sure. Um, oh, God. You know, you know. I actually liked that. But, so maybe I'm a little bit different. So did I. So did I. So did okay. I. Um, but. But I said this yesterday and I'll say it again today. Nothing matches tournament experience. You can put yourself in that position. You can prepare for it as much as you want. But there's a big difference between imagining the big dance and being at the big dance. And we got it in spades over this tournament. I keep circling back. I'm having this argument in my own head constantly. But I keep circling back to what did we think a successful tournament would be before we all got caught up in the cupola of Belgium's beatable. Let's go. Let's win this World Cup. Oh, my God. Let's fire everyone. Literally and everything stops. You know what I mean? Nothing is an Yeah. Well, like, look. Okay, exactly. look I, and, 18 yeah. months ago, if I told you, like, by the way, just so you know, uh, Tejan Buchanan is going to emerge as a superstar. Jonathan David is going to emerge as a superstar. And, oh, Canada's going to make Qatar. You'd be like, are are you, are, you know, give me some of what I'll have, have what she's having. Yeah, they yeah. thought you were yeah. nuts because they didn't they put yourself when they signed that deal. Yeah, that would exactly. get you to the World Cup. Exactly. So Nike yeah. thought you were nuts. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So yeah. we did a podcast a few weeks ago leading up to the mm -hmm. World Cup. And I and I mentioned three specific goals, right? Three specific goals that I thought I would want to see to say that this is going to be a somewhat successful World Cup or a successful World Cup for Canada. So one was mm -hmm. score goal. Tick. Okay, done. The next one Oops, is I don't know how to do a locally. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm <laughs> missing figures all the time. Um, but yeah. uh, the next one is look like you belong. Don't go like you said, Rachel, and don't get trounced. Don't look like you are completely a fish out of water. Yes, the Croatia game didn't go the way we wanted. Yes, mm -hmm. there were times where Croatia completely outclassed us. They're supposed mm -hmm. to. They are the reigning yep. finalists yeah. from a World Cup. Yeah. yeah. But generally speaking, you look like you belong. Tick. 
The last goal is get a result. We're still working on that one. Morocco is the next one up. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess my question for you is where do you think this leaves us right now going into Morocco, right? Do we think asking. we're in a position where, you know, we're obviously it's a game. It's our last game of the World Cup. You know, is this a position where we're still going for that result? Are we changing players in now? Are we getting some players, some experience in a tournament? Where do you think this leaves Canada going into okay. the Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So yeah. I actually went through this uh, with the Germans uh, when I was younger. So in 2010, the Germans had a young squad. And if you look at Canada, they have a young squad. I am not, do nobody twist this. Canada is not winning the World Cup in 2026. Just everybody breathe. But mm-hmm. the thought process in Germany was 2010 is a build World Cup because we intend to compete in 2014. So when things... When there was an opportunity to play a younger player, that opportunity was taken. That's how Thomas Muller led the, the tournament in scoring. That's how Manuel Neuer announced himself to the hmm. world as the guy. That's how hmm. Mats Hummel, like all of wow. these things happen. And so I look at that and I say, okay, we did not expect Canada to even get to this World Cup. And all of these players have at least two more World Cups. Alfonso Davies, Tejon Buchanan, Jonathan David, like have at least two more after this Ishmael one. Ishmael Kone's got three World Cups. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so I look at it and like you said, going into Morocco, I love you, Atiba, but I think we need to play some of the younger guys. I think you need to see what you have in Liam Fraser. I think you need to see what you have in... Um, some of the younger guys in the squad. And honestly, I think that extends to Dane St. Clair as well. I think you yep. need to find out what you have in these players because what you don't want and what the Germans didn't want in 2010 is to be going into your home World Cup in 2026 with a bunch of guys who were at the World Cup in Qatar but got no playing experience. I don't think hmm. that's valuable at all. Like, I think Canada keeping Lucas McNaughton over there was a very smart decision. Keeping Daniil over there, very smart decision. Daniil is probably not going to be around in 2026, but Lucas will be. And so, to me, this the last game needs to be more about the build. And and so that means Tejon Buchanan and Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David and Kyle Laren, but that also means in the outfield, maybe it's Liam Fraser instead of Atiba. Maybe it's Ishmael Kone instead of Jonathan Osorio, who's 30. Hmm. Like, I think that's what you need to be looking for. Mm, it's interesting. Sure. Like, fair points. I agree with many of. I, I I agree with about as many as I think I disagree with because there's there's <laughs> undeniable logic. Well, there's undeniable logic in your argument. It's just I want a result, and I think getting a result against Monaco in a so-called dead rubber match is worth its weight in Lucas McNaughton minutes. Do you know what I mean? in terms of yep. what it does for the program, in terms of what it does for our goal situation. Atiba starting three games is ridiculous. And if he starts all three games, there's something wrong with us because he was never supposed to start all three games. So I, I, I think with in terms of Atiba, you know, he's got his hundred caps, give the man his his flowers, but absolutely doesn't start this game. Um, Oso hasn't seen a lot of the pitch. I would argue that this is a game that he starts in 
because we want to do right by the guy and he's looking for a big oh, money move. Yes, but, 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 I mean, like but I mean, again, again, all of these concerns are secondary. Whether, you know, player X is happy or player Y is unhappy doesn't matter to me. It, it's about the badge. So while I agree with you, and I think that it's it's very, very strong logic, I think we have to think both ways. Because, you know, in some ways, Canada going, all right, well, we're two and done. You know, let's play the kids for game three since it's a dead rubber match. TFC logic. I mean, yeah, TFC logic. It's, not only is it TFC logic, but it's faulty logic. <laughs> this is the big dance, man. You know, I, I find it as aggressively distasteful as the suggestion that, like, we get uh, um, uh, uh, who are the players that we were like, well, what, shouldn't Herdman just invite them to the World Cup so we can Oh, like a Coleo show. It's a World Cup! It's a, it's a World Cup, man! Like, no, no I'm sorry. Medal. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah. hey, join Canada, get a free trip to the World Cup. Eat, yeah. You know, forget it! No way! Like, let's not belittle this tournament, you know? So in the same context, it's like, no, this Morocco game, I want I want more goals. I want a, fa a fast Canada team. Maybe with the pressure off. Maybe with the jitters gone, you know, this team can go into one of these prefabricated stadiums. So and and then here... four years from now, go, you know, remember the difference how we felt versus Belgium than we felt versus Morocco. Let's recapture that moment with muscle memory. Yeah. And let's play like that when there are stakes. You know? Yeah, I think you, you would still replace in the starting eleven. Like, what do you? What would either of you hmm. want to see in the starting eleven? Well, look, uh, I, I think Rachel, your point. Yeah, your Rachel, your point is completely right, right? Like, I think you do hmm. need to play a lot of the generation that are now going to carry this national team going forward. One hundred percent of those guys already start anyway, right? Like, I, I, I do believe that you could start Ishmael Kone. I think he has earned the right to start. I one hundred percent. So I, I, I think it. you can definitely start him. Yeah. I do think you start also um, in this match Agreed. because I actually think he gives you a really good chance to win the match. If that had gone in, man, it was a different game. Oh, versus right. Croatia. Well, I mean, right. Yeah. Like he almost yeah. put that top yeah. in, right? I think so, we all would have cried yeah. if Oso I, I, when, when we subbed him on the first time, I cried. I was like, holy crap, Jonathan Osorio. Like your Richie Larea moment was my Oso. Yeah. I was like, holy And this is not crap. knocking Oso. It's Jonathan, more than yeah. Oso's age. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But Oso yeah. still has a World Cup in him, right? He goes as the Atiba for next World Cup, right? He's 34 <laughs> by 34 going on 35 by that World Cup. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. I think So I think from that perspective, you know, I, I think he can start, you know, you uh, for, for look, just – I mean, I think you can give Derek Cornelius maybe a start. Um, I, I think Stephen Victoria yeah. can sit. You can put Kamal as a center as a center center back. Um, I like Cornelius him a to the lot. left. Yeah, yeah, I like Kamal's Derek Cornelius. Amazing. I really do like Derek you know, Cornelius as a player. Else? Kamal Miller would have looked great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> right, but I mean, true I think, enough. True I, enough. Yeah, I think uh, Derek Cornelius. Um, you can give him a start. And in the end of the day, you probably still keep out. I mean, Alistair Johnson is to me undroppable for the most part. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you decide whether you want to play Sam Adekube, um at left back and give him a start. But generally speaking, you're not making a ton of changes. But I think yeah. some of the changes you can make to really set yourself up, not even just for 2026 in mind. Let's talk about, you know, there's talks Canada Gold might end Cups. up participating yep. Yep. in, a, in, in the Copa America Copa. in 2024. Yep, yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, so why not pre start preparing for that? Start preparing for na take Nations League seriously. Yes, I know yeah. we don't. Not 100%. everybody loves Nations League, but take it. Seriously. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Go win. Absolutely. It. 
right? Like yeah, at the end of the win. day, if you want to keep calling yourself Kings of CONCACAF, if you still want to really get yourself to that level, you need to win these tournaments, whether you think they're actually garbage or like you need to go mm-hmm. win nations league, go win the yep. gold cup, go play 100%. in Copa America. And like you said, to your analogy, Jeff, about dancing, you know how you get better at dancing practice, you know, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> practice. go to more dances, you practice, right? So you like, practice the national, te- but the men's national team mm-hmm. have never been in a position where they can go to a, a lot of dances. Cause usually they go, they qualify, they don't qualify. And then they take a year hiatus. You can't yep. do that this time around, right? And and this is going to be feel... something I'm going to talk about in a future show about whether or not the CSA can learn from its lessons. And there's some harsh lessons that got in this World Cup. <laughs> will they learn from it? We'll I'm see. not convinced they will. But who mm-hmm. would you... So we just talked about how, like, there's this one generation of players that's Atiba and Borean, Asiba Vittoria. Like, that's that one generation. At mm. some point, there's going to be the passing of the guard. Yeah. You're in 2026. Who wears the armband? Who is the leader mm. of this team? Yeah, it's hard. I, I have my thought on who the leader is. Jeff, I think I we haven't met them yet. I, really? I think that with the way that this program is going, um, we are going to see a lot. And, and I, I realize four years goes by like that. You know, the older you get, it's like, what? What happened? Four years? Well, you know, but like... Um, not necessarily the leader, but I think the shape of this team and a lot of players, um, we haven't seen that yet. The leader, I think it's you know as much like as I much as you, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, probably I, Eustachio. I probably think it's Eustachio. Eustachio because I really think yeah. there's already yeah. enough attention on him, and the leader of the team does not have to be the best player on the team. Cristiano Ronaldo no. is not wearing the armband for Portugal, and. Yeah. And so for me, I look at it and I like, like you hear John Herdman talk about him. You hear his teammates talk about him and, and the detail and the preparedness and the meeting with the media and on yeah, and on and yeah. on and the hard work it took to come back from that injury that he had. To me, when I think of somebody who I would want taking That's over a great the, the leadership of a, of a Tiba and Milan, it, it's Distachio. Interesting. That's a great interesting. Show. Yeah. I actually, for the same reasons, my two picks were going to be either Alistair Johnson or Kamal Miller. Um, I, I think mm. Kamal has a lot of respect in that room. Um, and, and it will be interesting to see as he, because I, I, and I mentioned this to somebody else yesterday, I think a lot of the guys who are playing in MLS this season. They've played their last MLS games. They are not going back. They're going. <laughs> Alistair they're going Johnson places. is not going to be seen in North America for no, years. No, no, no. I think Kamal will probably maybe spend another year um, in oh, MLS. Oh, so sad. Montreal is losing half of its spine. Oh, oh I am, no. Oh, I'm so, I am so upset. Yeah. Yeah. No. But, like, and, but then Kamal is probably going to spend another year and then go. Um, but it will be interesting to see their development as they move over to Europe. I really think that – I don't know if Alistair Johnson will get the armband eventually, but I think he's going to be one of those guys who becomes part of this leadership council that has been talking about 100%, 100%. Right now the leadership 100%. council is Atiba, Junior, Milan are basically the three guys in that leadership sort of council um, for the national team. And I wonder if you start building that around Estacchio, Alistair Johnson, Kamal Miller – Fonzie's going to be in it for sure. Who's talking right? to the media? I mean, they're already doing that by virtue of of, of almost osmosis, right? Exactly. Like, right. Stacchio's been been pretty vocal. Kamal's done pressers. You know, Alistair Johnston's right out there. So you know, nature is taking its course. We're certainly not. 
wanting for leader type personalities in that locker room, which is a great, That's a good thing. Great I problem. Love, to have. You know what? That yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. it's a good problem. I really to have. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We are yeah. certainly yeah. not wanting for that, um, which is unbelievable. Um, do we want to talk about tabloid gate briefly? Yeah. Let, let's, um, let's briefly go into that before we switch topics, because yeah. it, it goes into the conversation we had earlier about John Herdman um, and mm-hmm. whether this was, naive in the way that it was handled i personally and i think rachel you said it earlier i have no problem with actually what he said and the reasons behind why he said what he said i do think it is naive to bring it into the press um because in a sense that i get his rationale around hey i want to galvanize the country behind this team i want them to get behind canada and and you know put some pressure on croatia but I think it just became a talking point that the team didn't really need to have to deal with going into this match. That's my personal opinion, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. Yeah, so I'll come at it from uh, a coaching perspective. Um, I That is uh, kind of how my brain thinks to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. Would I have used a different language? Yes, I probably would have said, we're going to come out and show Croatia who's boss. And, mm-hmm. But... I think John Herdman did it on purpose. And I'll tell you. 100%. No, 100%. Your superstar takes one of the worst penalty kicks I have ever seen. Like, it was downright awful. And I think we can all Mm -hmm. agree that he probably shouldn't have been taking it to begin with. And John Herdman knew that that was going to be the talking point. Because if Davies scores that, either Canada potentially wins or they get a draw. And so he knew that there was going to be heat associated with that. And by him coming out and saying what he did, nobody talked about it. all anybody talked about. Nobody talked about it. Mm -hmm. So as a coach and as a manager, he he did his job. He took the heat off of his players. And every single professional athlete will tell you that they would die for a coach who does Mm -hmm. that. It a hundred thousand percent. It is it is lost in so much of this discourse. Also, who wrote these rules, and why do we have to abide by them? I mean, what I think the thesis statement of this team beyond brotherhood is they're the Uber of world football, right? They're the disruptors. Here comes Canada, you you know, the sleeping giant. We're playing to type, right? Forget about your stupid gentleman. <laughs> gentlemen rules we're gonna swear in press conferences also jose Mourinho. i mean the man made an art out of out of doing this this is not reinventing the wheel so it's just insanity and then people are saying well it's the reason why croatia were so motivated excuse me they were finalists four years ago you're at a world cup if you're not motivated you got bigger problems than what the opposing coach is going to tell you they're playing the media game it's dark arts if you know the the fact that like you know, it all played into Herdman's hand. This guy, this guy, you know, it, I'm remiss to call him a genius after the, you know, what we watched yesterday in terms of, you know, the overall overall. But like, you couldn't have played that any better, you know? And the fact that it could be easily blamed away as my emotions got the better to me in a media scrum is part of the plan, guys. It's part of the plan. You, 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 you know, it, it's, it, 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 it 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 what it was fantastic, and he took the heat off his players. And like Rachel is saying, you know that's how 
you get a locker room behind you. You don't want you don't want a general that's sitting at the top of the hill going, all you guys go go attack that trench and I hope ten percent of you make it. You know, yeah. we'll send a nice letter we'll to your family. It it's the guy it's the guy on the horse beside you fixing bayonets, and that's John Herdman. Right. He went right into them. They Look at that picture. I mean, he, every dinner conversation the man's going to have with casual people for the rest of his life is going to bring up that stupid, bad Photoshop on that on that. That is thing. one of the worst Photoshop like, jobs you know, I've ever when, seen. When his kid gets married, the best man speech is going to mention that his dad oh, and the stupid Croatian thing. Right. It, it's, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Like they might as well frame it plaque mounted in the house and just look at it when he leaves every day because he'll never, ever live it down. And this guy's willing to do that. And that speaks volumes. And so to all the pundits that were like, oh, this violates some gentleman's rule of football. One, how long have you been watching football? And I hate people that do this. It's so gatekeepery. But when people that are self-contained football experts are like, oh, I can't believe what he did. And I'm like, you're aware that one of the winningest coaches that plays anti-football and talking about Jose Mourinho, this has been in his arsenal for ever <laughs> and it's oh not my just god him. And he is so, literally so known for this he's known for it so this like false like like this, this sort of like weird narrative constructed about these sort of gentlemanly rules it just makes me so insane all is fair in love and war once again sports and, and politics cannot be extricated the man did his job and he did it to a t we'll never know if we would have beaten Croatia, if he hadn't have said it, and I suspect it doesn't matter because there's yeah. that much of a it there's that matter. much of a it golf in class. Again. It didn't matter, um, yeah. and and yeah, it was it's it's wonderful. I mean, this is another reason why his players love him, and long may it continue. I mean, I mean let let him. I personally yeah. believe that Canada would have gotten a result against Croatia yesterday if John Herdman didn't say that. I have a bridge to sell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I really do. I, I yeah, mean, yeah. at no point, like, think about where we're like, 18 months ago, we're like, can we win at the San Pedro Sula? Yeah, oh, Suriname, oh my God, yeah, well, that, I'm so That's scared. the thing, yeah. right? Like, yeah, 18 months ago, we're worried about, about, can we beat Suriname? Yeah, and now yeah, we're talking yeah. about Canada lost to Luka Modric and Croatia because <laughs> their coach said something in the media. Yeah, because their coach was a meanie, it's and he levels. swore. And he made and he made swears. Yeah, no, I mean it's again, uh, you know, you, you say it. This train has been breakneck, and as a consequence of the speed, and we're all getting used to this. You know, like I've watched a million World Cups. This is the first World Cup I've watched where my country was in it. Right? We're in a different. We're in rarefied air right now. We're going to make mistakes. We made them in the game. You know, it's arguable. Herdman could have said it better, but this is you know. I'm pleased. I, I wanted him to go full Mingo and just use the word, not even go for the euphemism F. Just New go idea. out there, like pause and swear. But but <laughs> Jose like Jose Mourinho you know, as Canada head you know, coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. Oh, cool. oh my god, he's that so mean. This wild. is so weird. Can we get Herdman back? Um, but yeah, yeah, like like you know, we'll make mistakes again. Herdman. Uh, what what are some of the comments? You know, Britain, my wife says I need a workout. That was delicious. That was absolutely <laughs> so delicious. Funny. And then the one, I'll take it on the chin. You know, we live and learn. Also delicious, diffusing all this other stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, perfect. Just yeah, wonderful. Think, yeah, just I wonderful think, shithousery. And, yeah. and, to, and to sort of just put a bow on, on the point here, like mm. the, the idea that 
you know, okay, the comment happened. It got picked up in Croatia. I took it as respect because like you said, Rachel, 18 months ago, hell, even, you know, if you're looking at like a year ago, do you think Croatia is even worried about Canada or even talking about this as a like, ooh, like we're really worried about what yeah, the head it. coach of the Canadian men's national team has to say? No, mm-hmm. right? They, the, the fact that this got picked up and that they took it seriously and that they took us seriously as a footballing team, right? It, it, I think it's it's starting that line Dreamland. of respect, right? Yep. And it's it, it's going to only grow and it's only going to get better and bigger as we start to play more games, as, as we start to get into more of these competitions going forward. I want my Canadian men's national team to have swagger. No, no, not that kind of swagger. Like, I mean, no, you, yeah, it's swagger. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's, it's all you got to be the polite, the swagger. polite swagger, yeah. the polite yeah. swagger, you know? No, F yeah, that. No, I, I F that. You. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. that's enough uh, on Canada for now. Um, they got a game this Thursday, the final one against Morocco. We'll see how and the your pick do, for hopefully. the World Cup surprise team is going yeah, yeah. to get you a lot of hate. Mike. I know, it's going to get you a lot of hate. But, but let's get into it. Um, I want to mm-hmm. get into. I'll go. I'll go last, so I'll take the heat last. But um, sure. you know, I, I just want to get a sense from you guys. Like, as we're watching this World Cup now, obviously we're watching it in full, not just Canada. Um, who are the teams that are kind of surprising you so far as we're going into these last round of group stage games? You know, who's sort of catching your eye and, and sort of making a, a bolder statement that they probably would have maybe um, for you? Uh, uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. Um, who Who's sort of surprising how, how are Spain still so good with just Busquets on the team? From their, oh, there's a little line. more than Busquets it's, on the team. Yeah, right I know, there. I know, but oh, but like, have you seen Pedri? I'm just, I'm, he's unbelievable. I'm just, I, I don't I know, just but if I see watching. Gabby dive all over the place one more time, yeah, like, he reminds <laughs> me of Neymar I, in 2014. Like, I like, just love watching them play, Asia. man. I just love watching them turn. You know, you can talk about triangles and tiki taka till you're blue in the face, but when you watch. Spain work those angles and always move into those shapes. It's just glorious. You know what I mean? It really is. It really is. And every time I'm perpetually surprised just how elegant and beautiful they play the beautiful game. It really is like just a joy to watch for me. So, so that's my pick. And, and yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of teams that surprise me in, in, in bad ways, but I'm perpetually surprised by how much I love watching Spain play. It's just Fair unbelievable. Enough. It is beautiful. I mean, Costa Rica found out the hard way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They you know really I mean? found yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. They were. Uh, really Rachel, out. how about you? Uh, should we go positive or negative? Because I got go I you, any way you like. This go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um. Quickly, I'm gonna say Belgium surprised me, and not for the good reason. Yeah. Like, oh my! What on earth is going on? <laughs> like, I, like whoa. Mm-hmm. Kevin De Bruyne yep. said it best. He's like, "We're old." I'm like, uh, yep. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." But on a positive yeah. note, um, I would say Iran has surprised me. Um, mm, good show, and not because of uh, anything I expected from their play, but I mean, if there is one country in this World Cup that is going through it right now, yeah, at home. To be able to put on the kind of performance that these Absolutely. men have put on, knowing what is potentially waiting for them at home, is extremely commendable. Like you yeah, would see yeah. weaker um, 
people and people that don't, don't have that resolve, that you'd be getting played off the pitch. But yep. the fact that they have shown up not only for their country, but have taken a stand of courage and have played well to kind of back that, to me, has been just so great to see because I was really afraid that all of what's going on in their country was going to take away from their performance. And yeah, so I've been yeah. pleasantly surprised to see that they've actually performed even better. They're using this as a, a motivation. And I think that that says a lot. And uh, the game against the U S tomorrow is going to be mm-hmm. wide. Interesting. So spicy. So, 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 so spicy. On there. No, no, of course, no, Tyler Adams nothing. didn't really get that question. That was all hologram and illusion. His, his yeah. answer was was absolutely fantastic. It I was mean, fantastic. It really, really was. I mean, that was a baiting question because uh, reporters tend to do that. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah, I and, I that think, and I think his uh, his answer was 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 really inspiring. I mean, yeah, you know, the United States uh, are surprising me because they seem to be going on a relatively deep run in this tournament without actually knowing who their center forward is. And this has been going on for uh, as and long as I Reyna. can remember. Yeah. 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 Which, and without what Reyna, is going on with that? I think we'll find out later. I think we'll find out later. I watch the Bundesliga probably more than the average human being. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to sit here and tell me that guys playing in MLS are better than a guy who's currently starring for Borussia Dortmund. I, I really don't know what to tell you. Greg Berhalter, that's what I can tell you. What on God's green earth? And the other thing I want to say while we're on the topic of the Americans is Mm -hmm. a whole lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, see, look, the Americans are better. Um, Are you going to tell me that Croatia would not have done the same thing to the Americans? Croatia would have worked them. They would have worked them. It would have been a seven nothing. I mean, I mean, they talk about false positives. Like when we, when, when we got drew into group F, no one wanted to say it. I said it outright. I'm like, this is the group of death. And then when I saw that we were scheduled Belgium, Croatia, I was like, there is a very good possibility that we're out after two games and we got to be okay with that. Um, live and learn, right? But to, to compare our path, it's like, it's, like, uh, it's like saying, well, you when know, Taylor Seattle. Se- literally ripped your entire yeah. organization apart for not qualifying four years ago. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you might want to get off that high horse. Hey, man. I mean, Amer- say- I mean that country and I or so they're like it's like goes together like apple well, pie. And, all I'm gonna say and, is they, and, can, and they can talk. Yeah, yeah, they can talk about how this World Cup went for us a hundred percent. They can talk about uh, how the World Cup's gone for them. One, they're not through yet, so hold mm-hmm. it, hold on. Exactly. And, and we got two, a Gold Cup coming up. Let's see we it. Did go, Let's yeah, go. We did go to we did go to Nashville and get a point at home, and then when they came to, to Hamilton, they 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 they, they mm, around and found out right. So yeah, exactly. you know, one hundred percent. So, you know, let, let, let's let uh, mm-hmm. pump the brakes on that. Um, and teams went all the time. Look, like, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina, and positively zero people had that happening. Yeah, um, exactly. And if you said that was going to happen, you're lying. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. The Japan-Germany one was less surprising to me because I compare that to kind of what happened in 2018. I also think yep. Japan is one of the more underrated nations in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Germany always takes a while to get into a tournament. Oh, this is one of their, yeah. You don't have to tell yeah. me that. But to me, like, yeah. I don't think th- this nonsense about Canada versus the USA, mm-hmm. I-, I mean, I don't, it's not necessary. Like, it, it really isn't. We played each other in the CONCACAF qualifying. The results mm-hmm. were what they were. They were drawn into the World Cup, and the results were what they were. And at the end of the day, 
unless you win the World Cup, you don't get to say anything because nobody <laughs> cares if you lost. Like, please tell me who the last 16 were in 2016 or 2018. Can't you probably don't know all of them? You know, Croatia was in the finals, and you know, France. Yeah, because like, we've been you know, inundated with really that trophy because you made it through the yeah. group stage. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Uh, I mean, haters gonna hate, whatever. But you know, yeah, we'll exactly. we'll prove it. We'll prove it on the field, and hopefully, they'll find a number nine in that time. You know, considering they've got a whole bunch of number twos uh, yeah, they have that a maybe nine. can merge together and like a yeah, Josh Sargent. Yeah, keep him as no, your no, number no, nine. They, Let's no, go. No, they have a number nine. They left him. They left him in the Netherlands. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. That's true. In the Netherlands. That's true. Greg Berhalter. All right. Um, yeah. Really Let's close it out with with. With the yeah, question my, that's going to take 40 hours uh, to discuss. Yeah, yeah my, my surprise team here, uh, no one's going to like, is actually Morocco, um, which, which uh, again, <laughs> but I'm sorry, like the, the fact that they had changed coach so quick, so or just before the tournament, essentially, yeah. um, they only got a round of friendlies in with a new coach. They brought Ziyech back into the team who had been isolated by the previous coach. Um, and they've come in this, and now they have a realistic shot of qualifying for the round of 16. And I don't think mm-hmm. anybody had that on the bingo card. Um, and this goes to, Rach, your point about how poor Belgium have been. I, I think it's because, and, and, and in stark contrast, Morocco have been really a, a treat to watch. I've actually really yeah, enjoyed yeah. watching them play. I yeah, may not watch, like yeah. it so much on Thursday, um, but... If they you want know, the to leave fact, all their entertaining stuff at home on Thursday, well, that's the out. thing. You know, if Hacking they should play their off. kids. It's a dead rubber match. Play <laughs> their right. kids. Play the kids. Yeah, play yeah. The kids. Play, uh, play yeah, the yeah, stars' yeah. kids. Not just the kids in the program. I mean, play six-year-olds. Actual yeah, yeah, six-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really, what yeah. I want is Chelsea mm-hmm. to uh, just recall Hacking It's Like, ah, you know what? We need him back. He's got to be in trading. You know, we want to make sure we. Yeah, that would be amazing. Load management. Load management. I mean, the less we say about your Morocco love, the better. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll table that well, until just after look, we I, kick I recognize their asses. that they've played really well. Yeah. Look, we're going to go in on Thursday, and it's going to be a Morocco home game, right? Like, it, it's going to yep. they're all Moroccans right now um, in, mm-hmm. in Qatar. Uh, so anyway, that that's my that's my choice for surprising team. We'll see if you know. We'll see how Thursday happens. Hopefully, we wreck their party and they can't go through to the round of sixteen and we drag them in with us. Um, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's really quickly get into some TFC talk. Really quickly um, get into this, TFC talk this, with Rachel. This Dory. is stranger words have never ever been said. Yeah. Like less, less hundred words. We got to We got to yeah. talk it, um, you know, and, and there's not a lot obviously going on uh, with the offseason currently where it is. Except Mikey Singh interviewing Seba at bars. Just, just absolutely just, stirring it. Just stirring, just the, stirring the pot. Right? Just Mikey, stirring why the pot. you got to do this to us? Like, why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the most you know, leading question ever. So, Seba, TFC, let's discuss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even a question. Yeah. It's just like, and yeah. here. And here. Yeah, and here. Cool. I've yeah. set the table for thou, for just that, for it. thou. You know, um, it's, it's the Simpson okay, gift. Let's get, just, just, just yeah. say it. Just yeah, say yeah. it. Just All say right. it. Just say the damn thing. Oh, we <laughs> said the thing. Yay. Um, TFC Corner. What would you prefer TFC to focus on this offseason? New younger signing or focus on vets to shore up the squad? Um, I can answer this quickly myself. I want them to focus on getting competitive. I don't care if you bring in 80-year-olds. I don't care if you bring in two guys wearing a trench coat pretending to be one guy. I don't care. Bring in robots. Like, if you want to, if you want, you know, like, I just, I want, you know, this question is, is, is like, it's given too much 
credence to the team at this point. It's like yeah. I don't care how old they are. I don't care if they're if they're if they're you know if they well, can. A lot of people I, do care though, Jeff. A lot of people care. It, can they play? Are they going to make us better? Done. Job done. Job done. Oh oh oh! Okay. You, oh, oh you, they're, they're, they've got an AARP card. Whatever. Can they get me into a movie for cheaper? Let's go. It's still, you know the old. The, okay, the, but I like, ask this question. Yeah. I ask this question because like okay. Mm. Every week we ask a burning, burning question. And every week it's like, oh, I want kids, but not those kids. And I want yeah. pets, but they're too old, right? So mm-hmm. what, like, what is the happy medium? What is the medium there is that's going to make people happy, right? Winning now, is the happy the medium. Well, well, I mean, you can't, well, yeah. exactly. You can't sign all the 26-year-olds. Mm. They're kind of expensive and we have a salary cap, right? Like, yeah. you know, so what is it What is it that we want to be as a club? Victor right? Va- two words. Victor Vasquez, actually four words. Victor Vasquez, Cesc Fabregas. No one else will come to TFC games. That's fine. I will take up all the sections by myself, and uh, and that that's what I that's but what I want. Are, for people, like we just talked about this in the last podcast on Thursday. Mm-hmm. People are still upset that pe- that we even took Victor Vasquez in the reallocation draft. He's not even signed to the team yet, and yet they're screaming for Seba. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. Yeah. He hasn't even been signed. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, but but, but the whole uh, the whole idea is like, well, we want vets, but we don't want that vet, and we want young players, but sell all the ones we developed, right? Like, yeah. And I'm just trying to find what what is the okay. pulse because right now I feel like yeah. see live in terms of signings is manic, right? Chaos. Now. It's either absolute it's either chaos. Sign. It's either sign. You know, everybody for the Premier League, and if we don't sign them, we're a failure. Or yeah. sign everybody in free agency, but if we don't sign that everybody in free agency, we're a failure. But if we sign everybody in South America to... and they have to yeah. be immediately used to MLS and and are amazing. Because I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> Rach, yeah. give me your thoughts. Um, yeah. Okay. I think it's less about young versus old and more about the right young versus yes. old. Yes. So this is an example I will use. Victor Vasquez. Mm. I think he is the right kind of old. Why do I think he is the right kind of old? It's because there is literally documented in the public that when he was here, he took time to spend time with TFC's younger players and usher them along in their development. What is mm-hmm. it we need right now? They need someone some to take <laughs> stuff. Okay? And Victor mm. Vasquez is that. We need yep. Somebody who can come in there, who has the experience, who knows what it's like to be a professional, to augment the professionals that are already in there. To me, it's not about young versus old. It's can you do the job and what do you bring outside of just playing on the pitch? Because to me, and I mean, this is not a secret, like Mm. I don't care about like what happened with Jefferson Soteldo. Like, I don't care how mm. good you are on the pitch. If you're a problem off the pitch, you got to go. Go on. Like, Bye. That's just how you deal with it. And so to me, it is more about who they bring in. So I would keep Jaquil and I would actually play him um, and go from there. I think somebody like Kosi needs some development. And if you want Kosi to develop into that midfielder role who can really be a leader, I don't think you can ask for anybody better than Victor Vasquez to help mentor him and Michael Bradley. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, to me, like, and the same thing was said about Seba. Like, y- you could say what you want about 
Io and Jesus and whatever, the reality of the situation is, is no one for a second is going to tell you that they have a better track record than Sebastian Javinko. The other thing is Seba also took time with the younger players. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that is deeply important because that breeds team camaraderie. And from all of the reports, I mean, that's something that's very important to winning in any sport. And so for yep. me, it's not about young versus old. Now, please, like, I need you to be able like, you can't be in a wheelchair, like, <laughs> with, with a walking cane on the yeah, pitch. Yeah. But yeah. like, off the pitch, you do you, but on the pitch, yeah. on the pitch too functional. To yeah. Them. So to yeah. me, it's more about who are the old guys and who are the young guys. But to me, yeah. I would, I think Matt Hedges would be a fantastic thing. But at the same time, I keep Lucas McNaughton because somebody like Matt Hedges can mentor Lucas McNaughton. We'll rub off on Lucas McNaughton. And absolutely. So I, and that's why I think you had Liam Fraser. Michael Bradley clearly rubbed off on him. And he looks mm-hmm. pretty good to me right now. So yeah, he sure does. That's that's kind of the approach I would take is if I'm bringing in older players, they need to they need to bring me something else. And if I'm bringing in younger players, one, they had better be able to play. And two, they better not upset the chemistry of my dressing room. That's yep. that's my bar for, for that. That's kind my of bar. I, I will are. add stop selling outside backs. We have zero. Stop selling our outside backs until you buy some. For the love of God, please. He might not come back. I don't. Like, I could see Nottingham Forest watching him at the World Cup and being like, you know what? Uh, come we back. might put him. Exactly. We might actually maybe try playing him. This this could be well, a good thing for thing. us. Yeah. They signed Nico yeah. Williams. He plays for Wales. He's been eh. Right? And yeah. now yeah. you have Ricky Larea, who's playing mm. and playing really well. You know? Just saying. Um, now, it's yeah, not in Forest though. They're they're run. They're they're I yeah. want to watch Richie Larea and selfishly, I want to hang out with his wife and son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think he belongs here, but there's only so much money, and and you know, unfortunately, we did sell him, and so we don't control his destiny anymore. And the Would the, the idiots. I have. I'm on record. If if, if Oso wants a deep, I don't think we have a choice. If he get if he gets what he wants in Europe, he's gone. We have to yeah. honor that. Um. But if it's about paying him a DP rate to keep him, pay him as a DP. I say it. I say he's worth every penny. He almost equalized against Croatia yesterday. I mean, this man is a big game player. Uh, you know, he's Mister Toronto. He shouldn't be held back from going to Europe. Like I, that's what, I don't. I don't think it's our choice. The logical yeah. choice. If if Jonathan Osorio stays, he must be given the armband. I don't care oh, yeah. that. TFC hasn't seen yet. I don't care that they have Bernadeschi. The armband needs to go to John. 100%. 100%. And that but I also be, think that yeah. should be mentioned to him in his contract negotiations. Like, listen, if you want to go to Europe mm-hmm. and fulfill your dream, we absolutely aren't going to stop you. And they shouldn't. But if you stay, when Michael retires, whenever that may be, mm-hmm. uh, the armband is yours. Is yours. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have any, no arguments from from me. Um, I, I mm-hmm. think other than the fact that, you know, um, I'm going to come back to the Liam Fraser point because there's a question and burning questions in the next segment that we can mm. talk about. But uh, the reason I asked the question in, in all seriousness is that I think we're at a stage with Toronto FC where it, the, the club really needs to further define or really define what it is as a club. Are you going 100%. to be that buying club that is going to go out and buy players and make yourself 
a contender every single year. Sure, if you're going to be that, that's fine. Right? Are you going to be Manchester or, City or are you going to be Brighton? United right. of Manchester. Right. You know, are you going to try to, well, yeah. are you going to try to, are you going to try to get young players and either whether you sign them or develop them and then sell them off for fee? Are you going to be FC Dallas in a way? Um, and or Red Bull. It, or Red Bull. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We, well, we tried that and, you know, and it was Ali Curtis and it didn't quite work out the way we, you know. Yeah. It didn't quite right? work out. But, but, burn that binder, why. light it on fire. Like that binder, you know, on fire. But, like, yeah. but that's, I think that's mm -hmm. where we, I think TFC has to define itself. And like, look, we talked about this uh, two podcasts ago, whether or not we were getting a little worried that there wasn't a lot of noise around TFC. This all goes away if we start winning. This is, this well, is what well, losing teams no, do. They start spinning their away. wheels. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. will go away yeah. once the World Cup sort of, I think, once the group stage is done a little bit more and we have some clarity on where players mm -hmm. are at and, and things I like also that. I think, think that like Bob kind of deserve, like, I don't think. First of all, anyone who was paying attention to TFC the way that like us and Michael Singh do, uh, knew that there were there was a turnaround that needed to be had after Ali Curtis, and I don't think any of the four of us thought that that a reasonable turnaround time was going to be a year to no. deal with everything that seemed to be happening. We obviously don't know anything for sure, um, mm -hmm. and and nobody's really come out and and said a ton publicly, um, but I think. Bob Bradley deserves, like, Bob Bradley has a very good track record, and Bob Bradley deserves the opportunity to mold the locker room and the team that he wants. And if you don't fit within that structure, then you probably need to go because I don't think Bob Bradley's going to be the one to go. And no. so for me, I think Bob Bradley deserves a little bit of runway, but at the same time, there can be no excuses for not playing Jaquiel this year because you are then going to lessen that asset and yep, further, yep. like it's not fair to the kid and nope. so to me I think Bob Bradley needs a little bit of runway here to to really get everything that he wants done because I'm sure that there's still some stuff going on that he doesn't like I don't think any coach is ever happy until that MLS cup is above their head so yeah, to me, yeah. I think I think everybody kind of like like you said, Mike. They they first of all they've got to decide what they want to be. Mm -hmm. I would probably communicate that to the fan base because um, we're floundering, we're treading water. I think that that's that's the heart of the matter. It's about yeah. cleaner There's communication. communication. It's about not trying to be two mutually exclusive things at once. It's about um, I'm not going to say honesty because what I, I like what I just said better, but yeah, I mean. I said it five minutes ago and I'll say it again. This all goes away with winning. This is what not winning. This is what being perpetual losers does to a fan base, right? We start eating our own. We start, you know, coming up with cockamamie theories about why this or that or this or this or this. When the, when the answer is as simple as night versus day, like we know we, there are problems to address. Wasn't going to take a year. End up. Now, I, I do think Bob's seat is getting hotter uh, as, as it rightfully should. There is the there is patience, and then there is potentially setting yourself up for another massive rebuild because you don't you know if it doesn't work, and this is worst case scenario. If it doesn't work, you've now got to clean out the mess that has been created in a very committed attempt to make it work. Now, Toronto FC yeah. is not is not uh, is not a unicorn in this regard. This is professional sports. It's not even exclusive to soccer. I mean, it's not exclusive to sport. Like it, it, you hire I a mean, workforce, you know, United, it, like exists. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I do think, I do think that, you know, TFC does need to be a lot more careful about how they, how they deal with the fan base and about what expectations that they set up and to be a bit more careful in, in how, in, in the language that they use. And it's difficult because, you know, we were always going to buy Lorenzo Insigne. The second that he agreed, you don't you you pull the trigger on that ten times out of ten, right? Yeah, that's but to do it in the middle of a rebuild is absolute madness for the fan base, right? And so, and there was so much that wasn't communicated because they didn't want to be beholden to any of that. So for a long time, we were the club that spends the most on a player ever, but also plays converted wingers as outside backs because why not and those are very you know what i mean you can't be both so i think coming into this season it's about being a bit more honest about that like we're frankenstein monster it's all right to admit that we are right it like the the r word is not sacrosanct here like say it's a rebuild because then we'll have people stop asking us over and over again (laughs) if it is or if it isn't right like this nature pours a vacuum and and I do think that that the biggest mistake TFC's made over the last couple of seasons is letting that vacuum metastasize into something a lot worse, right? Like you yeah. got it. You just communicated gotta, yeah. that, like, hey, this yeah. is this is the plan. Like, yes, we've mm-hmm. got Lorenzo Insigne. Yes, we've got Federico Bernadeschi, who is mm-hmm. just been like, fantastic the for the, the, the greatest club thing and the city the and everything. Yeah, Shido, yeah. I thought was a fantastic signing. You, you bring Richie back, like to mm-hmm. me. When you're a big club, like overseas, if TFC wants to be a big club, then you can't be so paranoid about stuff leaking or stuff being talked about. Because if Manchester City and Liverpool and Bayern and Arsenal and everybody Mm -hmm. else can manage to, to still be successful, even though there are rumors swirling and leaks this and leaks that... Surely you can manage because with all due respect to TFC, they are not remotely close to the most important team in this city. No. Yeah. Even second. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. The teams that I just mentioned are number one, two, three, four, and five on the depth chart where they are. And so for me, I think TFC needs to almost welcome the fact that people are talking and speculating and they also need to communicate and, I, I think it would buy them time, which point. I think they need. Like, I don't think it's mm-hmm. fair to expect that the, a rebuild's going to take a half a season. And so to me, I think uh, yep. communicating what they're doing and actually being open about it would actually buy them time. Never ceases yeah. to amaze me. And I, I think I talk about this once every day. When you become a public facing uh, organization, be it an actor, be it a sports team, be it in any way, shape, and form. The Faustian pact that you make when you take the reins of being a public-facing figure is that you don't control your narrative anymore. So it never ceases to amaze me how people think that they can game the system or organizations think that they can game the system. No, you're a public-facing organization. That means the public that you're facing has, that, has control of your narrative now and you can't get it back and you shouldn't even try. You should like, it's just a waste of energy. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. But, you know, in terms of, in terms of what TFC is doing, I've said it before, I've said it again, until this thing happening, this little thing called the World Cup happening, finishes happening, there's a lot of, 
things that won't get answered. So let's try Fair and enjoy enough. the World Cup and, and not look at the at the clubhouse on fire down the <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking of narratives, yeah. um, we'll yeah. go into our burning questions of the week. Let's We've got go. Two of them. We got two of them. Um, so the first one uh, is from TFCNU on Twitter. Um, KJ, mm-hmm. Christian Jack, for those who are unaware. Um, in his post-Croatia uh, commentary, made a reference to John Herdman losing faith in some of his midfielders. Presumably, that includes the yet-to-appear Mark Anthony K. How concerned should TFC fans be um, uh, about K now that he's had this extended poor run of form? Quote-unquote poor run of form. Um, so I'll let you guys go, Rach. Uh, love to get your thoughts. Yeah, uh, I gotta be honest, I'm not that concerned. Uh, me neither. Mark Anthony K has a history with Bob Bradley, and I mean, this is a world cup. Like, we're not, are we gonna sit here and say Mark Anthony's one of the three best midfielders on Canada, like on a on any on his best day? No, we're not gonna say that. And so, for me, um, it's less about that and and more about. Uh, the experience that he's getting being in a World Cup, being in this atmosphere. Um, Mark Anthony Kay was fantastic under Bob Bradley the first time. I have no reason to believe it would be anything else. Um, but he came here middle of the season as somebody who just uprooted her life and had to move. Like, mm. that's not easy. And yep. so you have that. And then you have the injury. You have the fact that he is Canadian. Like, there mm-hmm. is a pressure with playing here. And so I think that it was a little bit unfair to think that he was just going to come back after his injury and like assimilate immediately into a system he wasn't really familiar with. And so I would expect now that um, he's got the world cup under his belt. um, He's got the training. Hopefully he's getting the treatment that he needs. I mean, TFC have had far too many injuries for it not to be a concern from a mm. club level situation, at least in my opinion, as somebody who looks at, yeah. at that kind of thing. From an organizational um, factor, yeah, 100%. Yes. Yeah. But to me, I'm actually not really concerned about Mark Anthony K at all. I think it was uh, a, a bunch of circumstances. I mean, I, I see examples of this in hockey all the time where you've got um, a trade and then a player gets injured or they have like this nagging injury and they just can never mm. find their form. And so I think reducing it to oh, John Herdman's not playing him at the World Cup. This is bad for TFC. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he's a little too yeah. reductive uh, for my liking. And I would just say, like, just everybody take a deep breath. Once he learns the system, gets a training camp under his belt. Uh, if he's poor all of next season, then yeah, I, I would be concerned. It's time, it's he hasn't had a break. He hasn't yeah. had a break in forever. Exactly. He's been between yeah. Yeah. club play and the national team. When has he last had a real break? I mean, uh, sure, you're injured, but like you're still training. No, 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 like proper rest. A proper yeah. rest. Yeah, proper rest. That's what we're talking rest about. After this proper cup. That'll be the rest. first time he's had a proper yeah. rest in what, 18 months? Yeah, so yeah. He played all yeah, the I look at it and I'm like, okay, they're going to get back from the World Cup whenever they get back. TFC training mm-hmm. camp starts, I think, like the first week of January. I don't want to see a single World Cup player at TFC yep. training camp for the first week. I yep. the yep. club should literally just send them to like the Bahamas or something. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, here's, I'm gonna need here's you a to- here's a Swiss LA gift card. Enjoy. Yeah, Best like, of I'm gonna need you yeah. to mm-hmm. not move off the beach chair for a week. I don't want to see you no. playing soccer on the beach. I don't want to see any mm-hmm. of that. Rest None of it. and maybe like drink some mimosas or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. But to yeah. me, are you sick of eating boiled chicken? 
this is your opportunity to have that deep dish pizza. Let's go. Let's go. Exactly. Guys. Like to Absolutely. me, I don't want to see anybody that was at the World Cup. So that's Oso, that's Richie, that's Mark Anthony K. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I don't want to see any of them the first week of Toronto FC training camp unless it's for like rehab purposes. Yeah, I doubt they, they deserve the break. or for story yeah, time. I doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, I doubt they will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Please, like, send them on vacation or something. Like, buy mm -hmm. them a hyperbaric chamber. No, send them send them to Qatar. I hear it's nice around this time of year. <laughs> Air-conditioned stadium. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> second burning question here. Uh, uh, this one comes from Toronto FC21 on Twitter. After Michael Bradley mm. retires, it, it, it he says this as a statement, but I'm going to pose it as a question. Is it a must that we bring Liam Frazier back to be our starting number six? He, in his commentary, is that he deserves that role. Jeffrey, I know you never say you're never. A Liam, you're we a Liam had, Frazier stand. Just so had, go for it. We just had Matt come back. Never say never. Um, well, uh, like in terms yeah. of organizational planning, we had him. We let him go. Uh, I don't think that TFC is too interested i mean or we would have had sell-on rights when we when we moved them like you know uh we made decisions a long time ago also there's a lot of number sixes in the world not named liam frazier that tfc can recruit there's almost an entire world of them in fact i'm gonna say it, there is an entire world of other number sixes that aren't named liam frazier so yeah um when michael bradley retires and I will put an if on that because there is no guarantee he's ever going to retire. He could still he's be, playing be the man with the into cane his eighties, <laughs> the man in the cane and the wheelchair. But hopefully, we'll have a hoverboard by then. Um, but yeah, I you know, it, it's one of the reasons that Liam Fraser moved on is because he didn't want to be the guy waiting for if Michael Bradley retires, and that's a fate that I wouldn't wish on any talented number six deputizing for a guy that wants to play. 4 billion minutes a year, regardless of age. It's a difficult spot. Um, and it's a, it's a tough spot for the team because he's, they're not, this player is not going to get enough minutes to prove to anybody, but the fanboys that are like, Oh, Liam, you know, that, that they're better than Michael Bradley. And that's a problem. And any player that even has an inkling of being better than Michael Bradley, isn't going to be happy with being an understudy that gets 300 garbage minutes uh, a season while they wait for the other shoe to drop, regardless of salary, and especially on an MLS salary, where under the cap, this guy's not coming in as a DP. We're not wasting, the, or even Max Tam. So yeah, the the pot is is thin. And asking a guy that left because the guy wouldn't get out of the way to come back and wait again for the guy to get out of the way, it's not happening in this well, or any other universe. Here's yeah. my question: Why should Michael Bradley get out of the way? Like, like, and and I'll I'll say this as somebody, as I've said on this podcast a thousand times, I don't think he needs to be starting ninety minutes every single week. No, but no, but I mean, he had a he had a decent season last year, and he played the most sure minutes did. he's ever played in his career. And, you know, in, in in a lot of ways, I know everybody's like, okay, Michael Bryce should step away now for the good for the good of the young players. You step away. Mm -hmm. Mike, if I'm if I'm Michael Bradley and, I'm, fit, and I'm still playing yeah. well, yeah, and you. all the guys that yeah. below me that are supposed to take my spot, I'm still performing better than them. Why am I going? Why, why am I, I going anywhere? anywhere? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, it, I look at it and I say the same, almost the same thing that Jeff does. Like, first of all, let's not pretend that Liam Fraser is the only number six left in the entire world. Uh, I think that's a little nuts. And is he really? Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, I'm also not convinced <laughs> he's really a stick. To be honest right. with you, I am not convinced that somebody like Mark Anthony Kay couldn't step into that role. Um, I think I think that that's a possibility. I also think that you could find any number of number sixes in the world. Now, I will say, the number six in my estimation is if not the most, one of the most important positions on the pitch. I agree with you. And I would continue to spend DP money on the number six role because if you do not have a good central midfielder, you will not win. So I look at this and I go, look at the highest, highest of levels. Francis number six and Golo Conte. He seems. You just, you just made Mike explode because that's his favorite player ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see uh, you look at, Bayern Munich, they don't really play the sixth role, but they have Goretzka and Kimmich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard to argue. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan is a six. Yep. Like, place is a number you, nine because it's Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Exactly. Yep, I don't yep. understand. So to me, you have to be spending your DP money on a six. Because mm-hmm. if you cannot have that general in the midfield, you will not win at any level. And, and so, like, you look at it, why did Argentina not win anything for the longest time? They have a single capable six. Mm-hmm. They literally just relied on Messi and Di Maria. And so for yep, me, I look yep. at it and I say, honestly, if TFC want to contend and win multiple MLS Cup championships, and by extension, CONCACAF, I think you need to aim higher than Liam Fraser. Tell him yep. to use that DP money. I know Angola Conte's hurt. I'm just saying, contracts up at Chelsea this end of the year. <laughs> okay, I was saying. just saying get Angola Conte, but like yeah, I am yeah. saying get a go. I am saying go get Angola Conte. But anyway, that, <laughs> you that's get Angola Conte. I guess Fabregas because we need a false nine that's 35 years old. Absolutely. I mean, stop it, stop it. I want him, and I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. With that, well, let's just get messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now he's going with, to Miami. No, we Miami's doing that. Yeah, Miami's doing that. All right, let's close mm. out the show. Um, yeah, guys, we went late so because yeah, it's Rachel, yeah. and we're always going to go late. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Toronto Till I Die. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Thursday. Uh, I think it will be our final Thursday show. Um, just recapping the game against Morocco. Uh, got two big favors to ask uh, of the listeners here. One, please subscribe to the new podcast feed and YouTube uh, feed. We showed the links earlier. They might be in the chat now. Um, search Toronto FC, uh, Toronto Till I Well, search Toronto FC too. But search a Toronto Till I Die um, on those platforms, uh, and you'll find the new channels. Subscribe, hit the bells, get the notifications, all that good Same stuff. for number well, two here, man. My thumb's falling asleep. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, gets the uh, gets the new ears and eyes uh, on the show and expands uh, the listeners. Um, uh, in terms of why are you pointing? Why are you pointing? I was doing one two, but you're taking a hundred thousand years to get there, ah, man. I said one and two. Don't worry, man. Yeah. Um, and right, then number cool. two, yes, please uh, review uh, the uh, the channels. Drop those reviews. Uh, it helps uh, expand the channels there. Um, but other than that, before I go, uh, guys, any last words you want to drop? Any any pearls of wisdom? I think we talked. I, I've talked nonstop for an hour and thirty four minutes. I my my throat is getting sore, so I got no yeah. last words other than it's always a pleasure to see you, Rach, and we'll have you back again real soon. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I love it. I can I can finally talk about soccer now. So that's love it, nice. Love it. Although if my just let us know when you want to be on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I gotta say, like, just as as all of your friends personally, like, mm-hmm. I love the new show. 
love the pod. Um, you guys are like my go-to TFC uh, thing to keep up with. I mean, I've been obviously a little bit busy the last like nine or so yeah. months. Being able to like listen and keep up, um, you guys do such a great job, and so I'm happy whenever you uh, have me on, and it's just so much fun, and I'm sure I'll uh, I'll see you guys at the matches. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. All right, Rach, okay. thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Uh, for Jeffrey P. Nesker, for Rachel Dory, my name is Mike Newell. Thanks. We'll see you on Thursday. Cheers, everybody. And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die.